Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. But I tell you, not all of the church will be raptured. Just because you name the name of Jesus does not mean that you will be going up with him. Now I didn't say that you won't go to heaven. There's a difference. Those that are truly born of God, born again, you've received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, surely you're going to heaven because your righteousness is not based on you, it's based on Jesus. But the determination of whether you get out of here on this first load is up to you. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. We love you so very much. Love you so very much. That applause is for you, and we thank you so much for joining us today, wherever you are from all around the world. We thank you so much for uh, sharing this time with us. If you're in the area, come on and stop on by. We're at 180 Hilton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Come on by. Join us online at kingdomrock.org. We look forward to seeing you there. All right. This morning, the Lord gives me this word to give to you. This question I need to ask you, and you can write this down in your notes if you would like. But the question is, are you all in? Are you all in? Oh, that God would give us a hunger, a, a fresh hunger and thirst for his word a fresh hunger and thirst for his presence, a fresh hunger and thirst for his power. Oh, that he would give us the grace to be all in, completely in. The presence of hunger in your life means that you have a capacity for more. You know, at Thanksgiving dinner, when you finish eating, you don't have a capacity for more. That's it. You say, you know, you know, I'm not hungry anymore. I'm done. You've already unbuttoned your pants or what have you. You've already pulled, pushed back from the table. You're ready to go take a nap now. Somebody understand what I'm talking about. You're done. You've just eaten your big meal and you're done. You don't have a capacity for more. That's it. But oh, that God would give us a greater capacity for more of him. Hunger is an indication that you have a greater capacity for more. He has enlarged you so that you may receive more of who he is. Hunger. Hunger. Are we hungry for the word of God? Are we hungry for his presence? Are we hungry for his power? You've got to ask yourself these questions. Am I hungry for the word of God. Am I, am I really hungry to get in his presence? Am I really hungry to pray? Am I really hungry to study his word? Do I really hunger for him? Ask yourself these questions. Because hunger means that you have a greater capacity for more. The absence of hunger means that you've already met capacity. And you're not pulling for any more. There's always more in the Father. There's always more for him. So you, we've got to pray. We've got to ask him, Father, fill me with a fresh hunger for you. A fresh hunger for you. Hunger is vital, vitally important. Even in the natural sense, if you don't hunger, if you're not hungry any time of your life, 
something is bad wrong. If you can go days at a time and you're still not hungry, something is wrong. Hunger, I must be fed. Feed me, feed me. And the Father will do that. But you must cry out for hunger. I pray you hear that today if you don't hear anything else. You must cry out for hunger. Lord, make me hungry again. Let me hunger again for your word. Hungry again for your presence. Hunger. Give me a hunger to pray. A hunger to pray. Give me a a hunger for more of you. I pray that God sets a fire down deep in our heart, deep in our soul, that we can't contain, that we can't control. Only then that we will, only then will we truly arrive and arise to the higher heights and deeper depths. But are you all in? Are you fully dedicated and committed to Christ? You know, that is a work of the spirit. Because your human nature does not want to be that. We still want to do our own thing our own way. And we have to acknowledge that. And really, because we're living in the last of the last days, I pray that you all realize that big time. We're living in the last of the last days. We cannot afford any longer to half step or to half do. We can't. The Lord Jesus is imminent. His return is imminent. I mean, his return is imminent. When you look at, we won't go through all this today, but when you look at what's happening in Israel at this very moment, and we look at the how that Palestine or, or the others are, they are attacking it at this very moment. God's chosen people, they are, they are under attack. And you look at the armed forces that the United States are sending in boats and subs and we're positioning ourselves. And, and China on the other side and Russia, they're all positioning themselves. We're thinking, Lord, is this World War III? Is this shaping up to be World War III? Tensions are very high, very high. You have been around somebody you, you, or in, in, in an atmosphere and you felt like people were so touchy, like at any moment they could go off, that they could, that they could explode. That's what's happening now in Israel. You understand that, right? The stage is set for the appearance of the Antichrist. Remember the Antichrist, or also called the men of sin or the, men of per, or the man of per, perdition? He will come up on the stage and broker a peace treaty between these two. Seven-year peace treaty. The stage is set for the tribulation period. The stage is set, but the next event that will be on God's time clock is the rapture of the church. It's the snatching away, the ingathering of the church. But here's the sad thing about it. Not all the church will be raptured. Not all the church will be taken. And if you are left behind, you'll have no choice but to go through the tribulation period. The tribulation period, uh, the Bible describes it, the Lord describes it there in Matthew, the 24th chapter. The tribulation period is a time when it is so bad upon the earth. So bad that there had never been a time like it before, and there never will be a time like it afterwards. There will be people that would have to go through that period, and except the Lord actually shortens those days, no flesh could survive it. But our Father is very faithful. He's very faithful. He has provided a way for us, not just 
I don't want to say just to escape because we think, oh, God, help me out of here because, you know, the devil's really whooping up on us. No, that's not it. He's providing us really a path of reward for those that are faithful. And we're going to see this in Word of God today. And you've got to know, you've got to know what time you're in at this very moment. You've got to know what time you're in. The whole tribulation period, the, the whole time of the Antichrist and all of that, all the end times will happen. The triggering of the end times happens in one generation. We're not talking something 60 or 70 more years. This is once the time clock started, it's, it has begun. If you were expecting and of course, we all want to say, oh, let's let them have this peace over them. We're praying for the peace of Jerusalem. We're praying, we're praying for peace that everybody just go back to where they uh, are, do what you're supposed to be doing, just leave each other alone. But once this thing is out the box, it's not going to go back in the box. You understand that, right? You're living in the last of the last days. So the next event on God's time clock is the rapture of the church, the snatching away of the church, the end gathering of the church. But I tell you, not all of the church will be raptured. Just because you name the name of Jesus does not mean that you will be going up with him. Now, I didn't say that you won't go to heaven. There's a difference. Those that are truly born of God, born again, you've received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Surely you're going to heaven because your righteousness is not based on you. It's based on Jesus. But the determination of whether you get out of here on this first load is up to you. I'm catching this boat. I'm catching this plane. I'm getting out of here. Hallelujah. Bible says in James 4, 4, James 4, 4, let me show you some things. It says, adulterers and adulteresses, do you know that, do you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. We can't afford to have one shoe in and, you know, one foot in and one foot, foot out. We can't afford to put one foot in and shake it all about. This is not a time for the hokey pokey religion. You got to be all in the house. Are you hearing? So I'm, I just want to caution you today. I feel the word in my spirit to caution you. Caution those that are in this room. Caution those that are listening and watching. This is some news that people really don't want to hear. But I got to say it anyway. Are you hearing me? Yeah. We're living in the last of the last days. The rapture, again, is the next major event on God's calendar on the time clock. The return of the Lord Jesus Christ, that is the rapture of the church, is imminent. Whether it's over the next five years, 10 years, 20 years, I don't know. But I know it is closer now than it was when they first said it in the Bible. And the events that are shaping up are phenomenal are phenomenal. As a matter of fact, in the book of Matthew 24, chapter 1, get it, Matthew 24, the Lord says, when you see the Antichrist, when you see the man of sin, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, he tells those that are in Judea, run. Don't go back home, run. 
Because this fool, the devil, this fool, the Antichrist, is going to start trying to kill everybody that doesn't worship him. If you're still here, you've got to get off. To them, it means get out of Judea, go to the flee to the mountains. For us, the United States, it may mean get off the grid. Are you hearing? So if there are people in this room right now, I pray that they're not. But if there are people in this room that will miss the rapture, snatching away at the church, if you come on that Sunday and everybody's gone, we haven't gone to another church. We're gone. <laughs> if you need a place to stay, you can stay at my house because I'll be gone. You need a car to drive, you can drive my car because I'll be gone. I could care less about it. Praise the Lord. But if you're still here, find your way, learn how to live off the land. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? That's how how perilous those times will be. Luke 21, let's go to Luke 21. Let me show you this. Luke 21, some people will be left behind. Luke 21, verse 34, 35, 36 says this. I love the way the New Living Translation says it here. It says, watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware. He says, watch out. Don't let your heart or be dulled or don't don't let your senses be dulled by carousing. That is your search for pleasure. Uh, The Amplified Bible says uh, by debauchery and drunkenness. You just all hanging out. Yeah, you love Jesus. And that's who he's talking to. He's talking to the church. He's talking to people who name his name. He says, watch out, folk. I see you over there doing your jig and you drinking. You having all that fun. I see you name the name of Jesus. I see you say, Lord, Lord. And that's great. But watch out. All of that in the worries of life can dull your senses. That you are not aware what time it really is. Anybody got, you had to go somewhere, but you got all wrapped up in something. Maybe you start watching TV. You say, oh man, what time is it? Anybody been there before? Start talking to somebody. Oh man, what time is it? I, I lost track of time. Something else had my attention. Something else had my focus. He says, watch out. Don't let that day catch you unaware. He said, unaware, like a trap, for that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep alert at all times and pray that you might be strong enough. King James says, account it worthy. Pray that you might be strong enough or count it worthy to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. Pray. That you are accounted worthy. Pray that you are strong enough. Now, let's let's say something about that, because many people will say at that moment, "Okay, Lord, pray. Lord, please let me be strong. Please let me be strong. Please let me be worthy so that I can be ready to go when you come. No, no, no. He's not talking about your strength. He's talking about his strength. The more you're meditating on who he is and what he has done for you, you have to rest in him, not you. We haven't learned yet that we, no matter how hard you try, you're still going to fall. No matter how, try, how hard you try to live holy, you're still going to miss the mark. You're still going to fall short. You need him. Yes. Yes. 
So your strength lies in Christ. Your strength lies in your reliance upon who he is. Remember, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. So when you escape, when you get out of here, you won't be able to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. I live right. That's why I'm up here in heaven with you. No, you're going to be a big old liar. I'm up here now because of you. You saved me. You gave me the strength to turn this down and to say no to that. You gave me the strength to live right. You gave me the strength. You gave me the hunger to seek your presence, to seek your face. You gave me the power. I know the answer is not in me. It's not in my flesh. It's all in you. So those who will be accounted worthy or those who will be strong enough have relied completely on Jesus, trusted completely in him. Don't make it about you. That's the worst thing that you can do. Start making it about you, taking a self-examination of you. Don't you know when you examine you, you're always going to come up short? And that was never God's plan for you, for you to come up before him in your righteousness, because the Bible says our righteousness is as a filthy rag. It's a stench in the nostrils of God. Turn to your name and tell him it's not on you. It's all on him. And listen, and your reliance and your profession of who he is in your life. Jesus gave his life for you completely. And now it's up to us to give our lives to him completely. But even to do that is a work of the spirit. We would all love to say, Jesus, I give my whole life to you, but not that area. But Lord, I give it all to you, but not that relationship. Jesus, I give. It takes the Holy Spirit to go through your heart and give you a hunger and thirst and let you see, hey, something's wrong here. And present that holy to him. We understand that? Now, one lady asked me. She said, well, well, am I ready for the rapture, Pastor? (laughs) Ma'am, I can't tell you that. That's between you and the Lord. But I can give you some characteristics of those who will be ready. I can give you some of those characteristics. Let me give you some of those characteristics of those who will be ready. Number one, they're born of God, born again. You're not going to go up and you're not born again. Secondly, those that will be going up will be filled with the word of God and filled with his spirit. Those who are also watchful in prayer. Those who live in obedience to Christ. I didn't say you were perfect in all your deeds and ways. Living in obedience to Christ kind of looks like the time my family and I went down to, uh, uh, to on vacation. We were going to a destination You know what? I was driving. God helped them all. I was driving. You know what, Brother Stego? I made some wrong turns. A GPS said, recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. As soon as you can, turn over here. As soon as you can, turn over here. Recalculating, recalculating. But living before living, living obedience to Christ means that once I see I made the wrong turn, I find a way to get back on the road and I keep on going. Living for Christ means that, you know, you're going to make wrong turns. You're going to make wrong decisions and God help you. Sometimes you're going to run. You're going to run a light, but please don't do that. 
Are you hearing? But it means that I will not stop. I have my destination in view and I will not stop until I arrive. Not living in obedience to Christ means, oh, I made the wrong turn. But you know what? That is a nice house right there. I'll live over here now. Let me just stop right here. Oh, yeah, that's somewhere. Yeah, I know Jesus wants me to go over there, but I think this is a better place for me, and I'm going to stop here. You know what? I see they got this and that here. I'm going to stay on this exit instead of going down there. That's not living for him. Are you understanding? Is that clear for you? Living for Christ does not mean, living in obedience to Christ does not mean that from time to time that you will not slip and fall, but it does mean that when you do fall, you will get up and that you will keep going. Amen? Amen. Tell your neighbor, give yourself some slack. Because God has given you some slack. You get off the road, get back on the road. Purpose in your heart, I'm going to make it there. I'm going to get back on the road. I'm not going to stay off of this. Here's some other news. From time to time, you're going to mess up. I only heard one person say, yeah, and one person say, that's right. <laughs> Rest of y'all, keep on the living. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Yes. But you know, the closer we get to the destination, the less and less we do those other things. The closer I get to him, the less and less I'll do all that other stuff. So keep going. Keep going. So again, one of the characteristics for those who, are, who will be raptured, who will be taken away, of those who are living in obedience to Christ. They keep going. They keep going. They fall, but they get up and they keep going. That's what obedience to Christ, that's what an obedient life to Christ looks like. It doesn't mean that you, I'm holy. You are not holy. I am good. You are not that. <laughs> I go to church every week. I pay my tithes. I am not like that sinner down there. No, that's a Pharisee. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's not Christ. You can't see Jesus do that anywhere in Scripture. If anybody had the right to do that, Jesus had the right to do that. But he didn't. Are you understanding? So they live in obedience to him. Uh, They love his appearance. Those that will be going up, they will be loved. They love to see Jesus. Yeah, man, glad to see you. They love his appearance. Not, oh, Lord, I got to do this first before you get here. You understand that, right? Can you hold up a little bit longer? I got plans. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Those who will be going up with him love his appearing. Want him more than anything else. Characteristics of those who would be going up. They also exercise their giftings. They're walking in accordance to their assignment. God's given all of us an assignment, and we're living in our assignment. We're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Hallelujah. And they're also known of him. You know Jesus, but most importantly, Jesus knows you. These are characteristics of those who would be going to him. In short... Those that be going with him are all in. Yes, sir. I'm all in Jesus. So 
Somebody said, he's my ride or die. He's my ride or die. I'm all in with you, Jesus. I'm all in with you. Where are we going? What are we going to do? I'm all in with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But again, what are the characteristics of some of those that won't be going? Of course, they're not born of God, not born of God. But there's a thing, as we talk about the church, there's a thing called unbelieving believers. There's a thing called also uh, disobedient saints or carnal Christians. Simply those who say, I love Jesus, but they are not all in. I've often called them Christian butts. I'm a Christian too, but, you know, I still do this and that. I'm a Christian too, but you know, God don't mind this. I'm a Christian too, but the Christian but won't be making it. The Christian but will be left down in here. Are you getting the picture of it? You're going to hear people identify themselves as Christian butts. And when you hear it, you say, mm-hmm. Matthew, Matthew 7, let's go on a little journey. Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23. Are y'all getting this today? Amen. Are you all in? Yes. Matthew 7, verse 21 through 23 says this. Not everyone that says unto me, what? Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. I told you. But he that, what? Doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, What? Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. Verse 23, help me read it. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Oh, my goodness. Stop right there. Three words that you never want to hear come out of Jesus mouth. You never want to hear him, well, four words, you never want him to look at you and say to you, I don't know you. Don't you know me? I was the one that, I don't know you. You know, you can know about, you can see the, the movie stars on TV, the, what, the Brad Pitts or the Angelina Jolie, had the Halle Berries, and you see them on the screen, you've seen them, they may be your favorite actress or maybe your favorite uh, song person, your famous artist, you've seen them, you've heard them, you've been to the concerts, and you see them at Walmart, I doubt it, but you see them somewhere out there, and you go up to them by name, you say, hey, hey, Bookie Boo, how you doing? Huh? I don't know you. But I saw you on your movie last night. I don't know you. There are a lot of people that say, I know, I know Jesus. I know about him. They're, these would be the ones who would say, Lord, Lord. We're good, Jesus, aren't we? He said, I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. In other words, you who act wickedly, disregarding my commands. The Amplified Bible says. Let's go to Luke, Luke 6 chapter. Luke 6 chapter, verse 46. Luke 6, verse 46 through 49 says this. But why do you call me Lord, Lord? 
Again, Luke 6, verse 46. Help me now. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Verse 47, whosoever uh, comes to me and, and hears my sayings and doeth them. He said, I'll show you what they're like. They're like a person who, who built their house on a rock. And they, when the rains came, the floods came, and all that came, it, didn't, it beat the house, but the house didn't fall down. But let me show you somebody who hears my words and doesn't do what, I, doesn't do what they say, doesn't do what I say. They're like somebody who built the house and, and built it on sand. And the same rains came, floods, winds, and all that came, but, but the house fell. And great was that fall. So we can all there. But who's saying, Lord, Lord, is it the world saying, Lord, Lord? It's, it's those who name the name of Jesus who say, Lord, Lord. It's not the vile sinner, the, the murderer, the rapist or whoever else out there. They're not going to cry, Lord, Lord. It's those who say, I know you. Are you hearing? Amen. So I say to you again, not everybody, not everybody is going up in the rapture. Not all the church is. Consider the five uh, foolish versions in Matthew 25. In verse number 10, let's, let's pick it up here. Matthew 25, verse 10, it says, and while they went to buy, while the, fool, while the foolish went to buy, the bridegroom came and they were, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. First load. They got on the plane. They got on the bus, so to speak. And they got up out of there. I'm going to be a first load Christian. Verse 11, after the event happened, verse 11 said, afterwards came also the other virgin saying what? Lord, Lord, open to us. Lord, you forgot me. Can you imagine the horror after the rapture, the snatching away, the gathering of the church has happened? The horror of knowing that you can't call so-and-so for prayer. They're gone. The horror of knowing that you're still here and the horror of knowing what's about to happen. Hope you know how to live off the grid. Hope you know how to do your crops. How to hunt some venison. Some deer. How to clean them and scrape them and whatever you got to do to them. How to fish. Forget going to the stores because if you go to the stores, they're going to they're gonna require a mark. You can't buy nor sell anymore. I mean, unless you got it. What about your medicine? Forget that too. Can't pay for it. Unless you decide, you know what? I got to get my stuff. And you decide to worship the devil. And your soul be damned to hell. As plain as we can put it. Better that you go off in the woods and just Stay, do what you can do, best you can. Those that you meet, try to do your best, tell them about Jesus. Some, even some family members during that time would turn people uh, to the government and think it's the public service. Those who will have the mark, 
You may be found, that person may be found as a public threat because the government could easily say, not saying this will happen, I'm saying what, will easy, what could easily be the thing. Oh, this disease has come out. This new disease has come out. You better take this. This mark is an assurance that you have been inoculated against this flesh-eating bacteria or something like that. This is your assurance that you are safe. That you are safe. And by the way, you can eat or drink and have all these things with it as, as well. This is your assurance. So they see you without a mark. Oh, you got that. I don't want to get it. Call. Something as easy as that. You have to be really watchful during that time. That's why I'm telling you, get on the first load. If not, you have seven years of wrath being poured out upon the earth. You don't want to be here in it. So they said, they came and said, Lord, Lord, open to us. And verse 12, again, uh, Matthew 25, verse 12, he says, but he answered and said, verily, I say unto you, I know you not. But again, who's calling Lord, Lord? People that will, they said that they know him. It's not someone out in the world, someone who's been around. Verse 13, watch, therefore. For ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Let's look at uh, Luke, Luke 9. Do you get anything out of this? Yes. Scary as I don't know what, but it's truth. Luke 9, verse 61 and 62 says this out of the King James Version. He says, and another also said, Lord, I'll follow you, Jesus. But let me first. Let me first go and, and bid them farewell who are at my house. I'll follow you, Jesus. Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. But first, let me take care of this, if you don't mind. I got this itch. I just got to scratch. I'll do it. But first, in other words, let me put my desires before yours. Even if we say it's a good reason. Or said, uh, uh Look at verse number 20, uh, verse 62. He says, but Jesus said unto him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Do you have priorities that are higher than Christ in your life? You have dreams, desires that are higher than Jesus in your life? Are you ready to leave everything behind when he says, We had a great time yesterday doing vision boards for 24. I'm so grateful for Shekinah and helping put that together. My wife helped put that together. Just did a phenomenal job. I put down a lot of things on my vision board, but you know what? <laughs> Jesus come back today. You can burn that vision board. <laughs> See ya. I got something way better. Ain't nothing down here worth me missing that. Nothing. Bye-bye. See ya. 
Are you hear what I'm saying to you? Yeah. Uh -huh. Matthew 10. Let's go to Matthew 10 now. Matthew 10, verse 37. Matthew 10, 37, 38, 39. Let's look at this. We're just taking a walk around, aren't we? Matthew 10, verse 37 says, If you love your father or mother more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. King James says, you're not worthy of me. You're not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. Verse 38, if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, to live that challenging life, many times inconvenient. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you'll find it. And you'll find so much more than what you released. You'll find the real. We've been doing Bible studies on Wednesday night, and I pray that uh, many of you are able to watch them. But in the Bible studies, we've been talking about our inheritance in God. What he has in store for us is phenomenal. What he, it's phenomenal. It is mind-blowing what he has in store for all of us that are all in. The suffering of this present time is not nothing, is nothing worthy. It cannot be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in you. Are you hearing? Let me emphasize again. Not all the church will, will um, be raptured or will overcome. Not everybody will. The Lord Jesus actually makes this very clear in the book of Revelation, and we'll get this. There are about eight instances that I will show you. Eight instances where the Lord says, says that not all is going to make it. The way he words it, you'll see this. Not all are going to make it. But if you do overcome, there are so many rewards that are too wonderful, uh, I believe, for any person to fully describe. Ask your neighbor, are you all in? Those of you that are watching online now, if there's somebody with you, tap them and ask them, are you all in? So Jesus makes this abundantly, abundant, abundantly clear. Let me give you eight instances, and then we're going to be closing out for today. Let's go to Revelation. Revelation 2, as the Lord begins to talk to the seven churches. He's talking to the churches, not the world. Talking to the churches, those who say, Lord, Lord. Does anybody here call Jesus Lord in this house? He's talking to you. All right, so Revelation chapter 2, verse 7 says this. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Look at the way he starts that. He, she, you, person, whoever's listening. Why is he saying that? Because some people can audibly hear, but they're not listening. Some people will refuse to listen, to listen and understand. Listen and understand. 
I guarantee you, if I told you right now that um, you have you had a very wealthy uncle, and your uncle left you twenty million dollars and fifty-five cents in one of the local banks in the safe deposit safety deposit box. This is your money. Now, let me tell you how to go down and claim your money. I bet you'd be writing that down. <laughs> Hold on. Let me, let me get my phone out to record this. Go ahead. Oh, I'm going to video it. All right. Tell me now. want to make sure I get all this right. Somebody start talking around you. You better be quiet. Excuse me. I'm sorry. You better be quiet. Okay, go ahead. Tell me again. You can listen. And then you can listen to understand. I got to get this. That's my money. I would surely love to prophesy that all of you have a rich uncle that and has a safety deposit box with $20 million and 55 cents in it. I would like to prophesy that, Lord, I would hope that that be true. Let it be true. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? He said, let those that have an ear hear, those that are listening, listen and understand. If you're listening, he says this, he says, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Why does he say that? Because not everybody's listening. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Not to the world, but to the churches. To him that overcometh will I what? Give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the, of the paradise of God. Say, wow, that's, that's wonderful, Lord. I get to eat of it. The tree of life, the one that was in the book of Genesis. I get to eat from that tree. Oh, that's great, Lord. I'm sure that's something wonderful. I know it's wonderful. I get to have that. It's going to be wonderful. Let's go to the Lord. He ramps it up. He's going to ramp it up. Look at uh, verse 11. Revelation 2 verse 11 says, He that he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of a second death. It means you'll not be going into the lake of fire. All right, now, ooh, all right, Jesus. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to burn. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the fruit of life. I'm, I'm sure it's great. Thank you, Lord, for it. But you know I'm not going to burn. Praise the Lord. Anybody hear me? Revelation 2, verse 17 says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receives it. I'm going to get a new name? Name implies authority, position. Here's yours. This is just for you. Come on, do that. You see a white stone with your name on it? You get a new name. Not the name name your mom and daddy gave you. 
It's the name God is giving you. I guarantee you it won't be rutabaga on that. Let's go on further. Revelation chapter 2 verse 26 says, And he that overcometh and keepeth my words, he keepeth my works, simply meaning to be obedient, whoever is obedient to my word, unto, um, unto the end, to him I will what? Will I give power over the nations. Wonderful authority. All right, Lord, praise the Lord. All right. Revelation 3, verse 5. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed with white raiment. And I rather and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Let's take a praise break for a moment. You go somewhere. And somebody introduces you in front of all the people. Say, oh, hey, 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 this is Ken. He's a great man of God. I'm telling you, you're going to love him. And they talk you up in front of everybody in the room. You're feeling pretty good. Jesus said, if you overcome, I'm going to say words about you to my daddy and all the angels. He going to talk you up. Talk me up, Jesus. Talk me up. This is my son. This is my daughter. See them, Father. Holy angels, you see them? Jesus will talk about you. Jesus will have words to say about you. Okay, nobody hype you up like Jesus. You ain't hear what I'm saying, man. You ain't hear what I'm saying. It just, it just get on me, Denise. I'm sorry. Whoop. You think your friend saying something about you is nice? Jesus said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention you to my. I'm gonna talk to you about. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell the father about you." All these angels in here. I'm going to tell them all about you. He said, I'm going to give you a stone with your name and your new name on it. You're going to eat of the hidden manna. You're going to eat of the tree of life. I won't blot your name out. You're not going to burn forever. My Lord. I'm about to fall out up in here, Ralph. Feel like the info, the info commercial again, but that's not all. Let's go to Revelation chapter three again, verse twelve. It says, "Now this is out of the Amplified Bible because it, it gives a little bit." Uh, amps it up a little bit. Let's look at this. Revelation three verse twelve says, "He who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God." I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Stop there for a second. The Lord said, I'll make you a pillar. What do you mean, Lord? You're going to make me a column? I'm going to stand like this in your temple? Okay, if that's what you want, praise the Lord. 
I'll be right there holding it up. You're not talking about that. You've heard, you've heard people say you're a pillar. They're a pillar in the community. That means I'll make you somebody in the house of God. I'm going to make you somebody in the house of God. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make you a pillar in the temple of God. I'm going to make you somebody. I'm going to make your name great. Are you hearing? He says, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. He will most certainly never be put out of it. Nobody can maybe cast you out. He says, and I will write on him the name of my God. All right, now the Lord's going to tattoo on you. He's about to tattoo. He said, and I'm going to write on you. That's a tattoo, right? He said, I'm going to write on you the name of my God, God's name written on you. I wonder when he does it, it'd be like some sort of gold. I'm going to write on you the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. I'll always be able to get there, get in there. The new Jerusalem, which descends out of heaven from my God. In other words, you're going to be a permanent resident. Got your place there in that honored city. And it says, and my own new name, I'm going to write on you. What is Jesus's new name? What will that be? You see, a tattoo tells people something about you. When they see God's name, I'm not sure who this will apply to, wherever it is. It may be some other type of universe or something. I don't know because all the devils and demons would be now roasting in hell by that time. Hallelujah. But it's going to mean something to somebody that you got God's name on you. You got the new name of Jesus tattooed on you. Hallelujah. Power and great authority means that it's been granted unto you. Who are you? said to you that overcome I'll give this to you I'm going to write it on you it can never be replaced my Jesus Revelation chapter 3 verse 21 he says to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and am sat down with my father in his throne. Yes. You get to sit with God. Mm-hmm. Ultimate power and authority. Come on up here, son. Come on up here, daughter. Sit with daddy. Woo! Sit with me. All others will bow before you. Sit with me. Oh, my God. It means something when you come up and sit with him. He says, you're going to sit with me in my throne, just like I sat with my father in his throne. Who are you? The Lord would grant that unto you. You gotta ask that question. When you look in the mirror, who are you? 
The last one I'm going to show you, Revelation 21, verse 7. I've been looking at this almost every Wednesday night. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. You think about somebody reading the will, lawyers say, okay, come on for the last will and testament of Mr. Junebug. Mr. Junebug was a very wealthy man. Mr. Junebug had millions upon millions of dollars, and all the family is coming in. Everybody is coming there. They're all there now. All the relatives are already fighting before they even got there. Who's going to get the house? Who's going to get the mansion? Who's going to get this? Who's going to get that? And they all sat down in this big room because everybody, everybody's relative then. <laughs> they all want to know who's on the list. First, you're called up. And the lawyer says, oh, he left you everything. Will is closed. Thank you all for coming. <laughs> he said, he that overcomes will inherit all things. Who are you that God would give you all things? That he would write his name upon you. That he would give you a new name. That he'd make you somebody in the house of God that Jesus himself would say, Daddy, Father, this is my son. This is my child. To God and to the holy angels. How he will give you authority. Come up now and sit with me. Who are you? The devil tries his best to tell you that you're nobody. You need to take your fingers like this and poke him right in the eye. <laughs> Because he's lying to you. He promises, Jesus promises this to those who will overcome. Those who are not going to be drunken on this world. Those who will be watchful, to those who will be prayerful, to those who will be simply all in. And yes, because you're all in, you may lose some friends. Respectfully, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Was that too much? You got what I'm saying to you? Ain't nobody worth Jesus. Ain't nothing worth Jesus. You got a few more years left on this earth. It could be 10. It could be 20. I'm not sure how long the Lord is going to delay his coming, but it is imminent. Yes. I'm not going to spend my time squandering it around. If I got an issue, I'm going to say, God, I got an issue. Help me get out of this stuff so I can see you. Help me give all. Now is that time, saints. Because what he has for you is immeasurable. So what should you do? If you're not born again, it's time to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. It's time for you to do that. 
Ask Jesus to be your Lord, your Savior. Trust in him. Trust in him alone. Trust in him that he will make you righteous in the sight of God. Trust in him that he will forgive all of your sins. Trust in him that he will save your soul. Trust in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter. The Lord receives you just as you are. But he loves you enough not to leave you where you are. He's got so much better for you. Just trust in him. Just, it all starts with believing in Jesus, choosing to believe and trust in him. Secondly, I would tell you, repent of all the things that you know about, all the bad things you know about in your life. You think you know, I got this done. There's, believe me, there's a whole lot more. You're very complex. You're a very complex person. There are things about you that you don't know. But when God shines a light on it, oh, I didn't know. But now you know, let's deal with it together. He'll help you to deal with it together. He'll receive you just the way you are, but loves you enough not to leave you where you are. After we repent, then we ask God for the grace. Ask God for the grace to live for him and him alone. Ask him for the grace to be all in. We're going to pray, pray, pray. We're going to study his word. And let me tell you, you need to join with those that, are, that also have a like precious faith. You're going to need the support. Don't forsake the assembly. You're going to need others. People. You're going to need other people to pray with you. And you're going to need to pray with them as well. You can't be alone in this thing. Then you're going to share your faith with others. If it's in you, you're going to share it. When you love somebody, when a man loves a woman, he going to share with others. He may even stand up in testimony service and say what a good woman he's found. If it's in you, it's going to come out of you. You don't have to worry about witnessing. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. When you love him, when you know you're saved, when you know you're born of God, when you know where you're headed, when you know what Jesus has done for you, hallelujah, you can't help but to share it. Jeremiah said it's like fire. Shut up in my bones. Don't worry about trying to get it out if it ain't in. If it is in, they'll know it. Just like if you've been eating onions. Just start talking. They'll know it. If it's in you, it's coming out of you. You don't have to struggle. I don't know no Bible. I don't know this. Just walk there. Praise God. What you are speaks so loud. We can barely hear a word that you say. Are you hearing me? Then last, hold on to your faith in Christ for dear life. 
because your life does depend on it. But it all starts with believing in Jesus. That starts right where you are choosing to let Jesus in your heart, choosing to believe and to trust in him to save your soul, to forgive you of all of your sins, to make you holy before the presence of God. I can't pray that into you. I can't pray that you'll do that. I hope that you will do that. You have to open the doors of your own heart to him. And you have to invite him in. What I can do is that I can pray for you. And we can pray together if you would like. But that is entirely up to you. It's not a formula. You say, well, you're supposed to confess. Confess Christ and then you'll be saved. There'll be a lot of folk in the Bible who confess Christ. We just talked about them. Many said, Lord, Lord. But if you really believe in him, you're going to confess because you really believe. If you really believe in him, you'll be baptized too. If you really believe in him, your life will change. It may start at an altar. It may start at your seat. It may start in a church. It may start at home. But you have to open your heart to Christ. If anyone wants help in that regard, just say, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't know. Just say, Jesus, come in. Come in. Come in. If we can help you in any way, we're here to do that today for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name for this word that that you've given unto us. Father, we pray that every word that you have spoken would be rooted and grounded in our hearts. Lord, we pray that with meekness we would receive this engrafted word, this word that you planted in us, that we would grow thereby. Father, I pray for the grace for everyone listening under the sound of my voice that they will have the strength to be all in that we would forsake all others and everything else for the pursuit of you we know lord your word declares that if we lose our life for your sake we'd find it so we thank you lord that there is always so much greater that you have in store for us lord we can't beat you giving no matter how hard we try so lord we thank it as we give all we'll actually receive all and so much more. Lord, bless your people, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And those of you that are online right now that are listening and watching us, just open your heart to Jesus. Trust him. Trust him right where you are. Open your heart to him and say, Jesus, King of glory, come in. Believe him to save your soul. Believe him to wash your sins away. Believe him to make you new and to make you righteous in the sight of God, and he will. If we can help you, go to our website at kingdomrock.org, kingdomrock.org. We'll be there to help you and assist you, and if you're in the area, stop on by and see us. We love you. See you next time. All right, bye-bye. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today, only he can make a way. 
We'll see you on the next time.